We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is another weekend. It is the summer. Summer's starting to wind down a little bit here. It is a little bit of a lighter crew today on Saturday. It is myself, Jason Perrone of Game On Wisconsin, Pack-A-Day podcast, Pulse of the Pack, Quick Slants podcast, and Mark Eckel. Paul Brennell is out and about, so it is just going to be myself and Mark, of course, of Packer Report and many years covering the NFL. Mark, the East yeah. Coast the East Coast, is it treating you well? Because we have some funky weather going on here in Phoenix. Yes, you said, yeah. We had some heavy rain this morning, but it cleared up, and it's actually a pretty nice nice afternoon right now. Good. And does that break up? Because you guys get some humidity out there in the summer. Yeah. Oh, inland they get tons. It's, it's awful. But I, I, I live on the beach, so I, I get that ocean breeze, and it's, it's, it's it, it could be 20 degrees cooler where I'm at compared to like, you know, a block away from which is nice. And for those of you who don't already know and haven't figured it out, our recording schedule very heavily depends on Mark's beach time. <laughs> so if it's a good day at the beach, we're going to have to record <laughs> after all the beautiful daylight hours have passed. Now, see, now that's not that's only half true. Yeah, but, but we were, I, we I'm not blaming you for it. I, I, w- I think you should. 
well, sometimes I'd rather go, I'd like to go earlier and we, we go later because Paul needs to go later because he has 18 stories to write that day. Yeah, at so. Leon, that's a lighter day for Paul. Well, and then there's me who's in Phoenix that doesn't do daylight savings time. So I'm either three or right. two hours behind you, depending on what time of year it is. I think it is kind of, that's kind of interesting. I don't think, I don't know if Andy, I don't think Andy did that on purpose, but put three guys together in three different times. Well, and if, even if he did, he knew he could handle it. So oh, sure. it's a compliment. Compliment to our clocks, as long as you have those clocks in your house now at all the different times on them like a like a like a hotel. Yeah, then you're all set. <laughs> you and I are coming up on our our one year of doing the show together. I was going to ask you that. When did we first start? It was at the end. Of, I know it was at the end of training camp because okay. I was at the fourth preseason game in Green Bay when you and I were kind of starting to correspond, and that was probably this very same week a year ago. Well, how about that? All right, happy anniversary. Yeah. Happy anniversary. So they've been doing the positional analyses. We had the interior offensive line last week. They finished up on Friday with the safeties. So we're back to open topics. And we've had a couple of really cool ones over the past few weeks before the positional groups were were going on. But, Mark, you and I were talking before the show started. And so before we get into our, our topic on the show about something that's interesting and it's very relevant because of all the time that you spent covering the NFL, and that is all of these new requirements and rules about what those who are covering the team can and cannot write about and, and say. And I'll let you start because you've got all the years in the business. So as somebody who's been sitting on the other side of, of the, the notepad, I guess I'll say, what is your take on that? Yeah, I didn't, I mean, when I first saw it, I was kind of like taken aback and I was, I was wondering, there's, there must be something that caused it, whether it's they're doing something that they just don't want anybody to know about or did somebody in the media you know write something that they felt crossed the line and they they're they're upset about it so they they put this that's what i've been through this before in in some regards um i'm gonna go way back to i think it was 1992 maybe 91 92 um rich kotite was the evil's head coach and he actually he was the first coach that ever closed the practice and the re and you know, he wouldn't come out and say what why he did it, but it was their their number one draft pick at the time was Anton Davis, and he would they were jogging around the field or whatever, and he he stumbled and fell, like tripped over to the yard line, so to speak, right? And it was kind of funny watching this big guy stumble and fall, but but one of the one of the papers, I believe it was the Philadelphia Daily News, had a great picture of him, you know, falling to the ground. And they ran it on on the back page with a you know crazy headline and the whole thing, and we were, we, we were pretty convinced that that's what got the, the coaching staff kind of you know mad mad, and they said, all right, if you guys are going to do stuff like this, and we're not going to we're going to close practice. So I thought something must have happened, but apparently that's not the case. They just decided they don't want any information out. And again, um, as someone who did cover a team, and the Eagles are as paranoid as anybody. Let, let, let me start with that. They don't. They're tough to deal with a lot of times. There was, there's always that line. There is a line drawn that you don't write about secret, not secrecy, but you don't write about plays that they're putting in, or if they're working on a different scheme, or um, you know, it's just common sense. Like there was a time, uh, I, I forget what years this was, but where the Eagles um, put in a halfback option play, and they and they ran it over and over and over, and obviously they were going to use it that week. I forget who, who they were playing, but they were obviously going to use it in, or try to use it in that game because they, they worked on it three days in a row. Now, they didn't have to tell me. They, they did kind of tell us, but they didn't have to tell us, don't write about this. Because, again, now, that's only going to – I mean, if, if we all write that, 
or even one person writes it, yeah, that is going to help the opposition. And, you know, that's not our job. Our, our job isn't to help the Eagles opponent or, in, in, in this case, the Packers opponent um, pre, pre, prepare for them. Um, but some of the rules that the Packers put out is, are just kind of kind of strange and kind of too constricting to me. Like, so, like, everyone knows that there's a battle going on, going on for, the, for the right guard spot, right? Right. Well, somebody's winning that job is, or is going to win that job. Well, that's kind of a story. I mean, and for them not to be able so now, from if, if I'm not mistaken, the guys covering the team every day, they can't write about it. They can't write that Turner's ahead of Taylor or Taylor's ahead of Turner or, or Taylor's starting to guard and Turner's going to tackle. Like, they're not allowed to write that now, right? That's what I'm not sure of. I know that... I don't think they can. So, like I, like I was saying, Jason Wildey has been kind of famous for giving the formations and Twitter and he has this creative way of putting the numbers of the player in the formation. So, you know, who lines up where And this year it was circles and squares. It couldn't, there were no numbers. So I don't know what the line is of where uh, things that they can't share and things that they can share. Like, are they just limiting it to who caught what pass, what formation they were in versus uh, the, the inherent way that a position battle is going. Like that's the part I don't like about it is that it really handcuffs the media and the writers and how can you do your job if you can't write about the most compelling things that are happening in practice. And exactly. And like you, like I've talked to you and Paul about this. We kind of joked about a little bit. I don't really care. I mean, cause this is what you're getting now. Oh, pick a guy. Um, Kumaro caught a ball. Yeah. Kumaro, Kumaro had a great day today. He caught, he, they threw him six passes and he caught all six. Well, big deal. It's, you know, it's a, a great good for Kumara. I don't want to read that. I mean, I, don't, I mean, that's a little sentence. Maybe, okay, huh, that's fine. But I want to know who's winning the right guard job. I want to know who's, you know, which one of the young defensive linemen is stepping up. I want to know who's going to be the nickel. Is it going to be Sullivan or is, is somebody else maybe playing better than him, you know, or, you know, all, all those kind of things. And we're not allowed to, you know, they're not telling us that anymore. Right. Now they know, and it, see, that would kill me. That would absolutely kill me as a reporter and writer that if I saw, like I've been the Lane Taylor guy all along. I, I think, you know, I, I want him to win that job. I don't think he is because of the money like we've talked about. But if he wasn't, you know, they, the guys watching every day, they know who's getting the majority of the snaps at right guard. It would kill me not to be able to say, hey, Lane, guess what, guys? Lane Taylor's going to win this job, you know? I, I mean, that's, or anything. I mean, right. What if there's a surprise somewhere? What if what if um, what if St. Brown is beating out Le- Lazard for the second wide receiver spot? And I'm not saying up to listen anybody listening. That's just I'm just throwing names out there. I don't know anything about this. But I mean, what if that was happening? So, question: How does that that doesn't that doesn't hurt the pack? Like when the pack when the Packers are playing the Vikings opening day, the Vikings don't have any edge by knowing that knowing that St. Brown is going to start over over Le- Lazard. There's no edge there at all, right? I, don't I would think, think not. Is. So the paranoia, okay, so the paranoia, because you mentioned it, because I think as fans we are very critical of our own team because we see more of what they do than other teams around the league. Sure. Like Packers fans know what the Packers are and aren't allowing media to do. And then with all the time that I've spent at some of the sites around that have talked about the Packers and the, uh, the whole concept of um, media access and getting credentialed and the Packers are never credentialed anybody and you'll never get credentialed here and there. And, and so it seems like they're one of the stingier teams in the league, but that paranoia, does that come from the coaches? Does it come from ownership? Like where, who's driving the bus the majority of the time of the teams? 
Okay. Coach, and in my in my dealings through the years, it's the coaches. I mean, and like I said, some coaches that I've dealt, I've covered. I don't know how many, six, seven, I guess, with the Eagles. Some could care less, and some that's all they cared about. Kip Kelly, you know, who a lot of people didn't like, and said he was that people. Oh, he was Kip. Did, Kip would say stuff to. I don't care what you're right. Write whatever you want. <laughs> I don't know what I am like. You know, if you're wrong, it's, it's on you. But I, like, he didn't care. He let us write whatever he didn't care. Andy Reid cared. He, he he read everything and he he tried to control and limit what we said and 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 wrote. But never to this point. Never to the point of you can't say who's with the first team and who's with the second team. Now, I remember. I'll, I'll tell you a story. This was this happened during the season when again practice was closed during the season and with in, in Philly. But I found out. This was actually the year they went to the Super Bowl. I found out that they were moving the middle linebacker, Simino, outside. And Jeremiah Trotter was getting his old job back as middle linebacker. And and I wrote the story. And they were not happy. that I But, I, but they couldn't say anything because it was true. And I actually went to both players and, you know, and got, they, you know, like I just said to him point blank, hey, I heard you're, you know, you know, I said to Mark, I heard you're moving out, outside. How's that going to I didn't ask him. I told him, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, uh, he, he went, he, he took the bait and said, Oh yeah, well, you know, I, I could play outside. I did it in college and blah, blah, blah. And there it was. So I had my story, but they didn't like, they did not, they couldn't, again, they, I didn't see it. So it's not like I saw it and wrote about it. I was told that it was happening. Right. So, um, that but, was in, he, what was that? 2004? Yes. Okay. Nate, Nate for, former Packer, Nate Wayne was the guy that actually lost his job in that, in that shuffle. But um, here's my thing, too, now. So you're saying what other – you asked about other teams. Well, if the Packers get away with this and it looks like they're getting away with it, guess what? I'm going to say of the other 31 teams, 20 of them are going to say, hey, that's a great thing the Packers just did. They don't let their guys write about anything. We're not going to let our guys write about anything either. Don't yeah. copy that. Because, listen, when I first started covering, you know, 100 years ago, practice was open every day, all day. And then one team said, you know, we're closing practice another, or we're closing parts of it. You know, you could only be here for this, for that, this and that, you know, they, every, you know, and then it, once they start taking stuff away, then eventually it was just always closed. Like, like my last year's covered Eagles, we were out there for like the first 10 minutes of practice, which guess what you, guess what you see in the first 10 minutes of practice. Guys stretching. Guys stretching. But then <laughs> stretching, at least you jogging. start getting that. That's kind of the take attendance part of practice, though, isn't it? Where you're just checking to see who's yeah. not out there. Yeah, but, it, but but you can get full there, too, because the guy might come out after you leave. Or a guy could be out there stretching and then go in. Right. So that, that wasn't always reliable either. I mean, the Eagles have done things since I've, since I've left. They don't like the, the writers. Like, there's a big building. It's called the Novacare uh, Complex. And that's where we used to work at them. We worked in the, they, we had our own little media room and, you know, that the locker, I mean, you, you were only a few yards away from the locker room and everything was in one nice little area there. They've since they've, the, the writers are no longer in that building. They have their own separate building, maybe a couple football fields away from that building. So they're not, I mean, and they're not, they're not even, the only time they're allowed in the building is when they go into the locker room and they go in one door they go to the locker room and they come back out that door. And that, that's, they have really separated the writers and well, the, I'll say the the media from the team. Sure, I mean, like 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 never before. Yeah, the strategy of it is growing, and with all the complexities that football is 
becoming and turning into, I guess I can kind of see a little bit why, why they're, why they're doing that. I, I, I guess, I mean, I, one of a lot of reasons why I, I got out It just, I didn't, I didn't enjoy, I, I loved what I did for probably 30 of the years and in the last couple it just it became more of a job than it ever was i mean it became i i mean again i'm speaking from a different standpoint but like i used to like talking to like getting i have i mean some of the guys i covered through the years i'm still friends with because of the relationships we we built through the years mm-hmm. and um i don't think that could happen these days i, I mean because you don't really get to they bring guys out well now i'm not this year this year is totally different because of the the virus and the zoom and all that kind of stuff but they're, they're doing things differently and that's understandable but the last couple of years even you don't i, I the, again I'm, I'm using philadelphia as an example they would they they tell you who you're going to talk to and when you're going to talk to them. carson wentz is coming in this room at this time sounds like the packers uh, do it similarly too don't yeah they? i think I'm, I'm i think probably more 20 or 20 more other teams all do it that way now where you're you're rarely able to get that one-on-one interview or not even interview, just one-on-one talking to a guy. There are times I didn't even, inter- I wasn't interviewing players. I was just talking to them. Right. And you got to go through the, te- you have to go through the team to get that time. Whereas it used to be organic, like, Hey, you catch yeah. them in the hallway and they spend two minutes with you and right. bam, or you got your story. The, or even when the locker room used to be, the locker room would be open for like, I don't know, an hour, 45 minutes, whatever oh, wow. it was. Yeah. And twice a day. And again, you know, if 20 writers were all around Donovan McNabb, I would be over talking to, you know, John Runyon or, you know, Hank Fraley to say, you know, just other guys. I didn't, and, and there were other, other times where I could get Donovan by myself waiting for that 20 guys for that pack to break up and walk out with him or something. I don't know. I did my job a little different than a lot of other people, I think maybe. And I'm not, I wasn't totally alone on that, but it's just, it's different. It's the, the way they, I mean, I could go way back where they really, really needed us. They would bend over backwards to help you to the point now where they just, it's just different. And I'm not, I'm, is it better? Is it worse? I don't know, but it's, it's different. I don't like it as much. Um, and again, I don't understand the Packers and I, and I like these people. I do. I, I like the Packers media people. LaFleur seems like a good guy, but I don't, I, there's something going on that we don't know about. I, I really, I still believe that there's something, there's something that they don't want that they don't want out. And I don't know what it is. Nobody knows what it is, obviously. Or, or maybe the guys covering know it, but they, they can't say it, obviously. My funny answer or my, my silly answer is they were so befuddled by San Francisco that they're really preparing hard for that contest. And that's that's – they're going to all of a sudden – so when I when I played high school ball, we ran a, a version of the run and shoot. And this was back in the early 90s. We ran a version of the run and shoot. And – then at one point we were playing a team that had kind of become a rival and we had a brand new head coach. In fact, our, our head coach at the time was Tim Beck, who is now the offense. I think he's at South Carolina. Now he was with Texas. Right. He was with Texas. Most recently he was with urban Meyer at Ohio state. Uh, but he coached here in, in the Phoenix area. And it was my one year of football that I played. So, I mean, if you have to play one year of football, play for a coach like that, it was great. But he was so ticked off by what this team did the season prior. They had a huge lead on our guys, and they fake punted. I mean, they were up like – they were up four scores, and they fake punted. And so Coach was ticked. He he had that game circled 
all season long. And we gather up for practice on Monday, the week of that game, and he gathers everyone up and he says, we're tightening it down and we're going to install the, we're going to install a three back offense. And so we installed an offense that was not at all on tape. There was no tape. So when he went to exchange tapes with the coach of the other team, right. he gave him a, he gave him tape, but that was not at all what we ran. But that week right. it was Fort Knox around that, that place. And that's like, fine. That I understand. And that I wouldn't want it right. If the Packers were going to a, a wishbone offense, well, yeah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't want that. They don't want that out. They don't, you know, they that got, would be so much fun to watch. I'm just, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm being, I'm being kind of, you know, I'm going a little overboard there, but I'm just saying that just like I said about the Eagles putting in the halfback option play that week, which by the way, I, I forget the, the, the particulars, but they did use it in the game and it did work. They, I don't think they, they, it was third, whatever they used it. And they, I don't think they scored a touchdown, but they got the first down and they wound up scoring, you know, and we all wrote about it after the game, how they had used, how we saw this coming. They had practiced it. They had practiced it all week, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so we all got our, our story of it, but yeah, but it, it wasn't our job to let the Giants or Cowboys or whoever Eagles were playing that week know what was coming. I mean, that's, that's not what we're supposed to do, but, but again, like, I just want to know who the starting right guard is going to be. I really do. Well, so does everyone else that's relying yeah. on you to share that information with them as well. Right. But and, the teams have, you know, they they do what they do. They want to have control over what gets said. And if it's something big that's happening, I can wait for it. That's exciting to know that the Packers might be doing something that's going to give them an edge. That's going to be a big surprise. I'm okay if I know that's the case. But if they trot out a similar offense and we've to what we've seen that they're going to do all 16 games and there isn't really much of a wrinkle, then it is going to be kind of weird. It's going to be kind of weird as to why they – we're so particular about this. And, you know, I, I, a lot of teams that do it would probably just point to this year and say, well, you know, it's a different year. And so we have to be Could careful. Could it be on defense? Like we're, we're, we're concentrating on, on the offensive side of this. Yeah. Could it be on defense? Your guess is as, I mean, your guess yeah. is as good as mine. I, <laughs> I mean, could I, they be doing more 4 3 looks? It's possible. I don't know. I'm, I'm, again, I'm just grasping. Well, grasping only if Montrevious Adams is back from his toe injury because he's going to light the world on fire this season. <laughs> so yeah. speaking of that, I guess that's a good transition into what we were going to talk about this week, okay. which was our we're each going to give our, our bounce-back player, a player who has to have a bounce-back season in 2020. And as usual and as you would expect with our crew here, I am going to cheat because I have more than one. But Mark, I want to start with I want to start with you. So you can you pick and I don't know if you had a second one that you wanted to talk about well, as well. My, my second guy is actually your first guy. So Oh, okay. I'm not gonna I'll I'll let you I'll let you handle that one. But my guy's Dean Loud. I thought he was you know, he was becoming a pretty good again, he's not gonna be a superstar. He's not gonna go to the Pro Bowl. He's not that that's not what he is. But he was a pretty good player his first couple of years in in the league. Um, very dependable, still dependable. But you know the guy doesn't miss games. He doesn't miss snaps. He's he, he's out there. Um, you know, he, and the Packers gave him a new contract last year because of what he had done. You know, it wasn't a break the bank kind of contract, but it was a nice contract. What three years, twenty million, I guess it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good. Pretty good contract for him. And last year he just didn't. I don't think he was as bad as a lot of people think. But he wasn't as good as he had been. His his pressures were down, and he didn't have a sack. I mean, not that he's a big sack guy, but he usually gets three, four a year. He had none, so his, his quarterback hits were down. He he wasn't quite as 
good against the run. Not that, not that it was all his fault at the, at the Niner game by by no means, but um, he just was a little. He was he just wasn't as good as he had been. And I, I think this year, I, and I think I, he's a smart guy. Um, like I said, he's very. He, he doesn't miss a game. I, I think he's he knows he has to play play better this year. I think he knows he has to you know earn that contract a little bit more. And I'm looking at, and I think he is, and I, I think he'll have a, I think he'll he'll turn back into the Dean Lowry that we saw in 2017 to 2018, where he made some plays, um, was pretty good against the run, was a solid, you know, number two to Kenny Clark. Who yeah, outside of that, outside of that big play against the Bears last year, he didn't really didn't really have much no. of a splash. No, he really didn't. He didn't. He had it off. It wasn't like again. I'm not going to say he had a terrible year, but he didn't. He didn't have. He wasn't as good in 2019 as he as he had been in 18 and 17. And a guy like that should be getting better every year. And he, he did have kind of a blip last year. And so he he's my 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 bounce back candidate for, for the Packers. Yeah, that would be helpful because the depth on the defensive line has been a question mark, and we've talked about it on past shows as well. So I like that one. And it's if you're going to pay a guy and give him a second contract, which the Packers are very careful about then you want him to pan out. They obviously saw a reason to keep Dean Lowry around. You hope right. that it wasn't some kind of a bump or a bruise. You know, we Marquez Valdez-Scantling earlier this week, I kind of tweeted it out. He finally kind of admitted he was dealing with some bumps and stuff last year. Yeah. That's what you and I kind of wondered if he was. If he was We've been saying mm-hmm. that he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't completely healthy. Right? Wasn't totally himself. Yeah. So speaking of wide receivers, my guy is Equinemius St. Brown. Okay. It's it's low hanging fruit because he didn't play last oh, season, so he obviously has to have a he obviously has to have a bounce back this season because he didn't play at all last year, and <laughs> right. they still don't totally know what they have in him. But when I look at the depth chart at wide receiver, which now includes Tyler Irvin, you know, who you mentioned earlier, I guess he's been taking a lot of reps at wide receiver. Are we supposed to say that? Uh, I I don't. It's been reported. It was reported okay. before all, right. all of this. The new rules. Okay. We'll call them the new rules. Came into into play. So yeah, I just I just said it. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was being him. Right. Yeah. So we know Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and then to me, Equinemius St. Brown is still your fourth guy, even though he didn't play last season. And then you've got Kumaro, Begleton, that are going to fight for a spot. Malik Tyler, Turner. Malik Turner's out there. Tyler Irvin is going to take some reps at receiver. The tight ends are going to split out wide. I think they're going to split DeGuara out. They're going to split Jay Sternberger out at times. They're going to split out the running backs. So there's plenty. of. But EQ has to – he's got to show up big and early this season. He's got two more years left on his rookie deal. And the Packers, once again, broken record. They bet on this position. And you've got two guys that I've listed already that could qualify for this discussion today, Mark. And Mark was Valdez-Scantling is the other one. Because right, that's what I thought your guy was. Yeah, he I, was my second. I went with EQ. Well, Mark, after he came out and talked about the injury and the fact that he's getting so much opportunity in practice, doesn't surprise me. I'm not taking for granted that he will bounce back. He needs to absolutely do that. But I think his opportunities are going to be there. I think with Equinemius St. Brown, there's so many question marks, and this is his first season with Matt Lafleur active because he right. never played. He didn't play last year, so this is his first season under that regime. So technically he's the, you know, he's a Brian Gutekunst draft pick, but he's a McCarthy guy from right, 2018. Right, right. So what happens there? So equity St. Brown's got to come back and he's got to make some noise. And I know you, you, the opinion on 
everything that we hear at practice, and now we're not going to hear anything. So nobody's going to know what Equinemius St. Brown's going to be until they start playing regular season games and we actually can see him on the field, provided games are on TV since we know we're not going to be in the stands, apparently. But he's got he's to come out big, and it's got to happen early, and I hope he does because, again, I think he's a, a big part of what they want the passing game to include in the short term, and hopefully he's a guy that they're giving a second deal to. And you got guys like Lazard, good role players – and listen, a year from now, I mean, right now, everyone's talking about all the contracts that are coming up due. They're even, we're even, we even talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, which is kind of sacrilegious, I know. But we have talked about Aaron Rodgers and his contract and what might happen there. Is Devontae Adams going to get another deal when he turns 29 and, and his current contract is up? Is there a chance that we're talking about Adams potentially being a, someone that the team doesn't bring back? And then who's going to take over? You know, so that there's no. a... <laughs> they can't afford. They can't that. afford to not have him. I mean, right now they right. can't. They can't afford to not have him. But they seem so happy with their wide receiver room. And when Jake Kumaro, when the guys like Jake Kumaro and Reggie Begleton are at the bottom of that that depth chart, it doesn't necessarily give you a ton of comfort. A little bit, but not a ton. Especially if it's Kumaro. And I'm. I don't. I feel like I'm kind of harsh on him, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm bagging on him. But it, it's just the the. He he peaked and hit his ceiling when before he played in a game. I mean, he and he's he's been productive and he's done some good things, but you're not gonna you're not gonna see a ten catch, hundred fifty yard, two touchdown performance out of Jake Kumaro. It's just not gonna happen. He's, I agree. He, he's not that type of wide receiver. So my guy was EQ as far as as my my number one choice. Now for my other guy, I think I've done this to you before as well. A bounce back season is going to be very important for Aaron Rodgers. Right. And I did this when we talked about... See, now, here's the thing. So what if you're saying Aaron Rodgers is going to have a bounce-back season, then you're telling me that you don't think Aaron Rodgers had, a, had that good a season last year. My issue with his performance was not the numbers. My issue with his performance was what was left on the field. And what okay. wasn't taken, what was not taken. There's still this reluctance to throw over the middle. And I understand that you've got to have talent and you've got to have the guys listen. It's not Jordy streaking across. It's not Randall Cobb streaking across the middle. And that's a much bigger security blanket than is a guy like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who has proven he's struggling, he had the injury. The team knows about it. The reporters can't talk about it. But Rodgers knows, hey, this guy's got an ankle or a foot. I don't know if he's going to take it to the house or be the same guy underneath as I'm used to. So I understand that. But I think Aaron Rodgers, just in terms of, and I'm not expecting 2016, you know, all world Rodgers to be out there. I don't know if that version exists anymore. And some of these injuries have caught up. He had a collarbone injury since then and, and the leg injury in 2018. So I get that. And he's getting older, but as far as the Packers go, Jordan Love is a highly unproven commodity right now. We don't know how well he's going to step in and play. So if you are a Packers fan that wants this team to win big soon, you better hope that Aaron Rodgers plays even better than he did last season. Look, he still takes care of the ball. They're throwing a lot of interceptions in practice, but that's a controlled environment, and there's other factors that lead to that. I'm not worried about it. I, I, I like that. 
that that's happening. I'm sure the defensive backs are getting a lot of confidence and swagger. And frankly, I want them to have that when they go out there and they're facing the other guys like Drew Brees and Garoppolo and some of the other big quarterbacks that they're going to face this season. But Aaron Rodgers, he's got to turn it up a little bit. And I think some of the heat's going to be taken off of him. And he's going to have a good opportunity to do that because of how much they're going to focus on the run and try to run the football. And I also think the offensive scheme is really well designed now to give him multiple options. And he's smart enough to know where they're going to be. So I think I think there's a good chance that we see the numbers may not necessarily be, be better because they don't need to be. His numbers are already good. And that was a good point you brought up. I'm glad you brought that up so I could clarify that point too because I, I guess I didn't fully explain why I, th- I thought that. But I do want it to be a case. Listen, I don't want another situation and I know comparisons get get us, get us into nothing but trouble, but I don't want another situation where this team makes the NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field with a quarterback that's clearly coming to the end of his time, either in Green Bay or in the NFL, and the Packers have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and the quarterback throws a ball to a guy and come to find out that there were two or three other guys that would have been a much better option to throw to that could have kept your chances to win alive instead Corey webster picks off a ball and that's your last pass in a green bay packers uniform thank you so much brett Favre. i i just don't want that i want i want i want just went play to win the game don't play to get off the field and into a hot shower because it's so cold you know it's green bay this is what this is what it is it's been this this whole time i think aaron Rodgers is you know i don't think he would allow and frankly you know what mark uh if we want to Really go down the rabbit hole on a future show if we have open topics again. Don't forget, that quarterback in that moment could have easily been Aaron Rodgers. I think the head coach was very, very uh, close to doing that at halftime in that game. Don't get me started on that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's that's all I can say there. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a great guy. That's why when I said to you early on, if if you're saying he's going to bounce back, that means you didn't think last year was a good year. And I'm going to say this by most quarterback stand, Aaron Rodgers had a good year last year. Yep. Most, a lot mm-hmm. of several quarterbacks would have, even the number number, let's use numbers for, for, for a second. I'm not a numbers guy either, but a lot of quarterbacks would love to have had Aaron Rodgers numbers last year, but Aaron Rodgers isn't a lot of quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, is Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. by his standards, he didn't have a great year last year. Yeah, he wouldn't have, he didn't have a bad year, but he didn't have a great year. He, he didn't have, let's, let's put it this way. Aaron Rodgers has won the MVP of the NFL. He he did not have he wasn't even in the conversation last year. So yeah, he can bounce. I mean, he can return to that at least be in the conversation. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is always going to be in the conversation now. Lamar Jackson is going to be in the conversation now. But Aaron Rodgers, with like you said, with a different offense now, with more help, he can get back into that conversation as being the MVP of the of of the NFL. And listen. We all know Aaron Rodgers, and you know, and he says what he wants to say about them, them drafting Jordan Love and all that. He wants to have a big year this year. He wants to put up good, not just good numbers. He wants to win. He wants to show everybody. Yeah, they drafted this guy, and he, that, this guy's going to be good and all this. But I'm still the quarterback here. This is still my team. I'm there. You know, I'm, I'm in. I'm. I want to be in the top echelon of quarterbacks again. Yeah. Yeah. And I. He's got motivation. He's got a lot of motivation. Oh, we we don't he, need to go he, into all the. And no one plays off that more than Aaron Rodgers. He did. He did. I'm I'm curious to see if he can really light it up in that. Well, because he ten years ago, 2008, 09, 10, 11, 12, 
I mean, who who could possibly forget in 2012 after they beat the undefeated Houston Texans in Houston, and he just says into the microphone when they said, "What do you what do you say to those of the outside noise that there's issues with this team?" And he just said, "Shh," you know. I mean, that was or run the table or run the table. That was peak Rogers, just being ticked off and not forgetting what he was up against and how he got to where he was at this point right now. He's made a ton of money. He has a Super Bowl ring. He's accomplished a lot. He's got two MVPs. He's He could very easily say, look, if we get there, great. If not, there's certain things I'm willing to do that I are not willing to do that I did before. I'm not saying that he is this, but I'm just I'm saying that this could potentially be a mindset. But my guess is that Aaron Rodgers wants another trophy and he wants to go out big. I mean, if, if the Packers are going to go in a different direction soon in the next two or three years and you first round quarterback trade up to draft him you would assume that's sort of the plan I don't think I'm breaking any news there then Aaron Rodgers obviously wants to go out with with a bang and and on in the right way I agree so I agree yeah and I don't so did you I can't remember did you have a second guy well mine was about a scam MBS if I had a second guy but Lowry was my number one all the way main guy I like Rodgers too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah pick and it's, it makes me sound, and that's almost kind of like me sounding to some like the epitome of the spoiled Packers fan. To say, oh, Aaron Rodgers needs a bounce back season after he turned in numbers that, like you said, would have been good enough for the top half of the league. But he's not, that's not who Aaron Rodgers is. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like that. I like the, the thinking there that, yeah, he didn't have a, by no means was it a bad year, but it, listen, like, and, and you said it best, he, it's not what he, what he, did is what he didn't do. He left, like you said, he left some things out there. I thought the Packers kicked way, way too many field goals last year instead of scoring touchdowns. You know, they moved the ball well at times, and then they would, they would stumble. And look at that Eagle game when they got to the one yard line or the three yard, you know, three yard line, one yard line twice and couldn't score. What is it with the Packers teams and these are different teams playing the Eagles and they cannot get one yard? What is it with Packers to either they either they don't try to get the yard? which is conjuring up terrible memories for from view of the past, <laughs> or they can't get the yard. I mean, listen, there was pass interference on that last play to, that the yes. interception off of NBA. It was P.I., and if Devontae Adams doesn't go out in that game, I think right. the Packers find a way to win it. If Jamal White, I think if Jamal Williams doesn't go out. I forgot about that, too. Could you imagine 14-2 and two in Matt LaFleur's first season if they don't lose that game? And let's assume that you know everything else plays out the same after that. Fourteen and two, then they would have been hosting San Francisco. Who yes. knows what happens at Lambeau Field? Yep. Who knows what would have happened? But so <laughs> those are our two. So those are our bounce back players. Two guys that have to have a bounce back season, and we will be back next week. I'm assuming we're going to bounce back. Well, I'm assuming that Paul. Yeah, we'll, we'll bounce back. Paul will bounce back with us. Well, Paul's my yeah. Paul's my bounce back candidate to be on the show next week. I think that's a good call. So I, I'll have to come up with a, well, and I'll try to bounce back from my usual performance. I didn't talk about that. You know, I didn't talk about the weather. And I said there was crazy stuff going on in Phoenix. We had a huge monsoon storm, which is common in the summer here. It just is where we get a quick burst of rain and wind. And there was a lot of, there's a lot of trees down around town right now. There's the landscapers are are very happy today because they're, they're making a lot of overtime and extra money cleaning up a ton of debris. I went for my usual run and my running path was if there wasn't bushes and trees across it it was one of those things that like when you see the abandoned pathway and there's just trees all over the place it was water it just standing water everywhere and it was 
a mess. So that's what's going on here in the Phoenix area, although it's still over 100 degrees. So it'll, you know, all of that will evaporate. It'll, and it'll, yeah. it'll be fine. I mean, I'm sure there's other bigger issues somewhere else too, but that's that's what you get in Phoenix in the summertime sometimes. So, Mark, what do we have coming up this week on Packer Report that we can look forward to? Well, I just wrote a story uh, that's up now on the crowded, um, what a crowd there's between running back, wide receiver, tight end. There's, in my opinion, 16 worthy candidates and you, you can't keep 16 players at those positions. So it's a, it's a crowded field. It's a, it's a good, it's a good problem to have that many, you know, worthy candidates, but it's still a problem and they're going to have to figure out a way to who they're going to keep and who they're not going to keep. And then I'm, I am going to do a story next week about um, the guy, we, the guy that we talked about a little bit today, Mark has Valdez Scantling, what kind of year you can expect from him this year and, what I expect from him this this year. That's that's one thing that I'm working on. Yeah, that'll be good. And then we'll, and then we'll see how to, how what, how things go. Although we're not, we're not going to learn a whole lot. We're not allowed to see. We're not allowed to, to hear what's going on. But that's that's another story. Yeah, we just have to tough it out. But we're getting closer and closer to opening the opening game at Minnesota. And yeah. I, I, I always like opening on the road against a divisional opponent. I love getting that Minnesota or that Chicago game out of the way early in the year. Never mind that Detroit. For whatever reason, they never play well in Detroit. It doesn't matter whether it's at the beginning of the year or the end. So I just you can sprinkle that one in wherever you want. Just don't give it to me on Thanksgiving every year because I don't want the potential for my holiday to go poorly. Because there have been a couple of bad Thanksgiving games. Two that I can two that I can remember off the top of my head are 2003 and 2013. Both of those were massive clunkers. In 2013, there was no Aaron Rodgers. He was hurt. So that was that was a painful one to watch. And then. Obviously, that stupid game in 2010. But the Packers won the Super Bowl, so who cares? So, exactly. But outside of that, right. you can follow us on Twitter. It's at the, at the Packaday Podcast, and we will be back at it again next week. Thanks for a great conversation, Mark. Everybody out there, be safe. Enjoy your weekend, and go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.